0: hello everyone oh actually i'm not gonna come in right now i just messed up my intro hold on
1: what up
0: (laughs) the intro music is running hi everyone hi tony um i had no idea that you have such long hair did i know this before
1: yeah i think you've mentioned it you've seen it flowing when i play soccer sometimes and i do the bandana
0: Okay, maybe I was just trying to think of something um, quite nifty for an intro. Um, anyway, <laughs> what is this? What are we doing here? We're a podcast and um, we talk about movies and TV series. That seems like a pretty fitting intro, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that describes exactly what we're doing. It's perfect. Love okay, it. Okay,
0: that's perfect. All right, everybody shut it now and let the rest of the music play. and i also noticed by the way you're a huge basketball fan
1: i mean i, I like singlets because nah i'm kidding yeah yeah I, not, you're uh, a
0: huge basketball fan like yeah, i've seen yeah, you yeah. wear pre like other basketball shirts right
1: yeah so i Fun, I mean, maybe a dumb story. So when I first got into basketball, I was like, oh my. Uh, moving <laughs> on.
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll make it quick. Needed a team, went to New York, loved New York, picked the Knicks because I'm like, okay, yeah, that's New York's team, it's my favorite city. And then when I moved to Vancouver for a while, I switched to Toronto because I'm like, I live there, I should probably support the local team. So now, yeah, support okay. a terrible Raptors team raptors
0: now tell me which city is the raptors did you just say the city did you say toronto yeah
1: they're from toronto but okay. like, they're meant to like represent all of canada so why did
0: i think raptors was an american city
1: I don't, I don't know man like i think there's probably some history there that i don't i think they've always been raptors surely
0: and that is the extent of my NBA knowledge. Thank you everybody for listening and all the hardcore basketball fans are gonna be like, Yeah, I'm never ever listening to this podcast anymore. I'll
1: <laughs> just turn it off. I thought to be on basketball.
0: Hey, that's good though. You have a sentimental connection to the team that you support.
1: Yeah, I mean I was there for a while and then you always support the local team, right? If you just, just support the best one, it's like sad.
0: Well, I just always feel people don't real like people don't really have grounded reasons as to why they support a certain team right um which I, hey by the way i don't think is a bad thing look if you like a team and you want to support it all the power to you but ninety some
1: like um, of the time it's like they were winning when you were a kid like that's 90 percent of the reason why people pick teams right um that is not me <laughs> well, what's your reason like barca you love barca right
0: um because they're the best team. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you caught me. You caught me. Stop outing me in public. How do you? Yeah. Um, so we're reviewing and recapping, and we are talking a lot about Marvel Cinematic Universe's latest installment to Phase 4. I don't know why I said that. So like I dragged out that whole sentence. Maybe I was trying to drag it out for a dramatic effect.
1: It's part of the cinematic universe, man.
0: I don't know if it was a very good dramatic effect, but whatever. Um, So this is a TV special. This is the first time that the Marvel Studios, the Marvel Studios. Why am I putting the Marvel Studios? This is the first time Marvel Studios has produced um, a TV special, which is pretty cool. I didn't know that actually, you know, as much as I like to tell everybody about how well versed I am in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I didn't know that they were doing a TV special of some kind. When they announced they were doing Werewolf by Night, I thought it was just another movie, a part of the MCU. But nope, it's this new TV special thing that they're doing. And then there's another TV special that um, is getting released later in the year in December, which the, oh my God, Things are falling. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, but that was uh, my uh, <laughs> my studio light. It's falling. It's falling in the background. Um, you know, if it breaks, whatever. It didn't cost that much. Um, yeah, so there's another TV special that um, the trailer was just released this morning, which is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. It's a Christmas TV special.
1: Oh, like a fun Christmas show? I'd watch fun that. Fun
0: Christmas show, yeah, with the Guardians. Yeah. all right,
1: yeah. that
0: sounds fun. Yeah, it, it, it actually looks fun. The trailer is about a minute or so long. It's pretty short. It just kind of gives you the point, which is great. It tells you what it is. Tells you what they're there to do, um, which is nice. Uh, I'll, I'll be happy if that's the only trailer they release. That's cool. Because it's just, it's, I'd imagine it would be the same length as Werewolf by Night. You know, 50, 50 other minutes or so.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you've got an hour show, you don't really want to get, like, what, four minutes of it up front. You probably just want to see the whole thing, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, it looks pretty fun. I like it. You, have you seen all of the Guardians movies, Volume 1 and 2?
1: Yeah, I saw 1 and 2. I'm, I'm weird. I think want to be this is contra- controversial, and I'm, you didn't even ask this. I don't love Guardians as much as um, everyone else does. You hate Guardians, all right. Okay. I, don't, I don't hate Guardians. I <laughs> thought 2 was, like, objectively almost... I, I want to say it's bad. It was just not that good. I thought one was good, but everyone loved it. You know what I mean? They lost their minds for it.
0: The weird, like, antenna lady doesn't do anything for you?
1: I can't even remember. Oh, like the sleepy girl. Yeah, the sleepy girl.
0: Puts everybody to sleep. That's her superpower.
1: (laughs) No, she's funny. Like, that's the thing. Like, if if you actually, like, sort of say, oh, are are these things funny? Like, is Batista doing, like, saying dumb stuff funny? Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say
0: Drax. Like, surely you must like Drax.
1: I I like them all individually, but then you put them all together. And it's fine. It's good. I just, I think it's the thing where the hype killed it for me, which happens to me a lot, weirdly enough.
0: (laughs) You're you're sort of like a, you know, the more I get to know you, I feel like you're a nonconformist, but then you conform to the right things.
1: I can form to oh, a lot of stuff though, like Thor three. Everyone loves Thor three, and I freaking love Thor three. So oh, you yeah. love Thor three?
0: Okay,
1: yeah, that's my favorite one.
0: That is your favorite Thor movie? And
1: it's my like my favorite Marvel. This is gonna piss people off. Yeah, it's my favorite Marvel. Are film. you
0: saying? Oh, wait, 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 let's take yeah. a step back. Love and Thunder is your favorite Marvel film? Oh,
1: no, three, three, three. Ragnarok.
0: That's not. Oh yeah, it is three.
1: Yeah. Love and oh Thunder, my four. god! Don't Man. don't be saying Love and Thunder. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You are about to kick me off, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. And thank you, Tony, for joining the (laughs) show today. Um, I will be casting this by myself. Uh, Thank you very much. No, yeah. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. I I see that. I see that. I've said it multiple times on the podcast. You know, um, Ragnarok was a good time. It's fun. Not my favorite out of all of them, but it was a good time. Yeah. It was uh, fun. So, yeah, this is the MCU's first tv special and um when they announced this i was kind of surprised like um, i think a lot of people were surprised that they were doing something like this and then the big question following that was really is this canon right is this part of the mcu
1: right.
0: Is it this part be, of phase right? four
1: well at the start they have a picture of captain america exactly like, well before
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> crudely i thought it was a, a very artistic
1: i mean like yeah but like like stylistically it was well done, but in that universe, you'd have to think like, what is this? It's like caveman yeah. drawings.
0: I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You have something against caveman drawings too. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying they're not very good. Not very good.
0: <clears throat> okay. Okay. Um, what was it? I lost my train of thought. Thank you very much. Shit. Uh, what was I talking I about? Oh yeah. Okay. So shortly before they released the film, um, or the short film, if you want to call it that. Shortly before that, the I think it might have been the rap or it might have been Variety. You know, one of those like you know huge publication magazines. Um, they had an interview with Kevin Feige, and he said this is officially part of the canon MCU mm. canon. So it's um it's officially part of the canon. And this is before it came out. And so obviously when we see the opening credit scene, the title, the opening title um, credit roll, it's clearly. It's clearly um, confident. Confident. It's clearly um, determined that uh, it's part of the MCU and Phase Four. But I, I don't know where this is in the timeline. Um, we can probably infer that this is after Endgame because the events that they talk about in that narrative and that sort of opening monologue from the narrator, which, by the way, awesome voice, whoever that is, who's the narrator? Let's find out. I think the narrator is. Oh. Rick D. Um, Wasserman, apparently? Wasserman? Rick D. Wasserman. Who is that? Let me have a look. He's got an awesome voice. Oh, my God. And he looks like Krusty the Clown from The Simpsons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm going to see this. No, I
0: mean, his face doesn't look like it. He's just got the, like, similar hair. Uh,
1: Oh, yeah, he's cool. He reminds me of, uh, oh, what's that guy's name from Brooklyn Nine-Nine?
0: Hmm. I don't know. I'm not very familiar with Brooklyn Online Nine, sorry. Um I'm not that I, cultured.
1: I gotta be I gotta I gotta do this, sorry. Jason Manzucas. Jason Manzucas. He looks okay. a bit like Jason Manzucas. Sorry, okay. I think maybe I'm missing a guy with crazy hair and a beard. It's actually he doesn't look that much like him.
0: I mean all all of those archetypes look the same, right? Crazy man with a beard.
1: Yeah, no, I think I'd be terrible in, like, a police lineup type situation. (laughs) Oh, he's got big hair.
0: Yeah, you're, like, solely responsible for all the wrong people going to jail. Um, So this guy's actually done a lot of voiceovers, um, voice acting. Is that what they call it? Voice acting. So he's played Maroney in The Batman Killing Joke. Oh, that's actually a great movie, by the way. Um, He plays Maroney. Wow, cool. Um, he plays Sinestro. Whoa. He plays Sinestro in Green Lantern. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, Green Lantern cartoon. Most of the stuff he's done is cartoon, which is, uh, it makes sense that they would get someone like him who seems to have this kind of deep, um, bassy, but like convicting tone to him. And, you know, when he's doing that narrative, he sounds, sounds awesome. He sounds like the kind of guy that should open up every single movie with a narrative. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so yes, phase four, um, somewhere after Endgame, we're not really sure. Um, and I love how they tap into the underworld, right? The underworld, which is monsters and like evil spirits and wolves. Apparently, obviously, this is probably where um, Blade may come into play,
1: perhaps. Right, because he's in this now, isn't he? Like this. Blade role, is a
0: part it? of the universe. Yeah, he's part of the universe, and his film has been delayed unfortunately
1: is it was oh. Snipe still or is it a different guy now <laughs>
0: <laughs> i wouldn't actually no wait would i mind wesley snipes coming back i actually don't know i think he's obviously great as blade in the blade movies yeah.
1: oh <laughs> fantastic i love i loved blade yeah do you have a favorite blade one i think has to be one because okay um, to be fair two like i thought was bad and three i didn't watch so I'm just going so to watch the three. One. Man, you gotta it's watch actually three. good. Well,
0: you got to watch it because Ryan Reynolds is in it.
1: <laughs> he does like <laughs> you know what? I think Ryan Reynolds has had this like sort of about face as far as like his ability to like carry a film. There are a lot of movies that he's in that that are bad. Oh yeah, like yeah. Green Lantern, like Green Lantern, um, the X Men movie where he's Deadpool. Like he yeah. does Deadpool it's twice, terrible. and one of them is really bad. It's very bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and the way they do Deadpool now is, is it's it's a whole meta commentary now around how bad Deadpool is. So you know, because Deadpool is a very self-realizing fourth wall, yeah, uh, breaking character. He realizes that there's another Deadpool that he did play, and he just gives that Deadpool shit, which is kind of funny. I didn't recall <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, And he cuts his head off like in the mid-credit scene of Deadpool.
1: Really. Oh you know. man, okay, I gotta watch that again. I actually really enjoyed the Deadpool films, like the you know, the, the other two, but I yeah. like them. They're,
0: so. they're legit, the legit Deadpool films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, so um by the way, I should probably say to everybody welcome to Tony, right? Because Tony's actually he's slowly becoming a regular podcaster on the podcast. I mean he sounds so professional, doesn't he?
1: I do not. Um but yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun. This is this is surprisingly jumping into the actual show itself a delight. Um, I, see,
0: I knew you were going to like to See, that's why I said, <laughs> that's why I said you should give this a go. And I know how scared you are with, with horror films. It's fine. It's fine. Like I, I think, I think I'm very good at observing and, and analyzing in general. And, and I, I kind of pick up like, you know, what you'd be good at. And we well, not, not good at, sorry. Let me start again. I pick up like your vibe, right? Like I, I think yeah. I can read you quite well. And I know the kind of films that you would appreciate and the ones that I could maybe like tiptoe and say hey
1: I think you could watch this and, and I'm I was pretty confident that werewolf by night was something that you like cuz you were pushing me hard to watch this and I honestly didn't want to <laughs> cuz I was scared of it um you know like when you originally asked me I kind of assumed that you had watched it by now and then I would mm-hmm. got away with it but And then you got kind of pushed hard. And like, the thing is, I was kind of interesting. Yeah. Like I'm scared of horror stuff, everybody. Mm -hmm. So I have a pretty weak stomach. can't handle gore. And so I was really worried about this. And this movie just like, like as you watch it, I keep thinking, Oh, it's going to be one of those movies. And then like pretty much straight away, it's not. And then it just Mm -hmm. does that like three or four times. And yeah, it was just a fun little romp. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed
0: it a lot. I'm a a good friend. I look after you. I'm not going to throw you into the pit of hell, knowing that you're going to have a traumatic nightmare. Although that would be funny. You tried to get me to watch Smile. Like, not hard. You didn't try hard. hard. No, no, no. no, Harder. harder. (laughs) 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 I did suggest it. That's that's true. But I wasn't actually that serious about it.
1: Yeah, okay. Oh, maybe I I was. I I saw the trailer for that. That freaked me the hell. The trailer scared me.
0: I, I told you, right? I told you I was, like, pretty scared.
1: No, you, I didn't actually catch up with you afterwards. I didn't know how. Oh, okay, yeah, it's actually pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm happy I didn't do it. Oh,
0: dude, I I don't think there's any coming. Yeah, like, I th- I don't think there's uh, um any return for you after if you watch that film. Like I, yeah,
1: right.
0: I'm a person that doesn't want really to get that petrified in horror films, right? This really freaked out the,
1: the hell out of me damn okay like you know like uh was it paranormal activity it's like like where's waldo of ghosts movies Are yeah you, they're, kind like belief, like they're kind of like
0: make-believe like they kind sort of make-believe documentary type uh cam kind of thing
1: yeah because it's like yeah. you know oh, a towel moved i'm like oh shit a towel you know what i mean like <laughs> it
0: gets me. i mean that, that kind of stuff can be scary because you know it's 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 designed to make it feel like a real um, situation because of the way they film it. You know, it's using security cameras. It's using, like, handheld devices, all that kind of stuff. It's pretty much the whole Blair Witch uh, Project phenomena, you know? Like, that style kind of lasted for a for a minute, literally like for a minute.
1: Or, yeah. No, no, um, no, well. A couple of movies, but I love the fact that, like, some people believed it. That made me really happy.
0: I think the biggest movie to actually make money and to have some kind of Commercial aspect to it was Cloverfield. Do you remember Cloverfield? Yeah, I remember that. That was yeah. I so like that. That, that was kind of you know following in the same footsteps as the Blair Witch Project with that whole kind of handheld realistic filmmaking technique. Chronicle did that, but it wasn't chronicle Yeah, Chronicle. Yeah, you're right. they made
1: money. I thought they made money.
0: Mm, yeah, that was successful. I think that's where Dane DeHaan. I think it his name Dane DeHaan. I think that's like where he was kind of like his debut or making his yeah. mark on the world. But I haven't seen him in much lately. Small mark. Small mark. Very small mark. <laughs> hey, why don't we just talk about
1: this movie, right? I yep, think sure. that's
0: what listeners came here for. <laughs> and
1: they've waited 17 good minutes, damn it. I'm All sorry. Right.
0: If you're still here, congratulations. I don't know how long you've lost, why you've lasted so long. Um, so, the director is Marco Giacchino, and I love that it's Marco Giacchino. I'm pretty sure that this is his first movie he's ever directed so just to give you some um background michael Giacchino is a very famous music director for or music composer for a lot of the mcu movies like huge dude dude is a the beast ball. yeah the, the dude is a beast when it comes to musical composition on films he just knows how to like set the tone right with his music and um I guess, I guess it might have been a passion project for him, and he might have just said, hey, I'll put my hand up for this. I really love the genre. Let me... Uh, uh, give me a shot and see how I do. Um, so I was pretty excited to know that he is the director of this because I love his music and pretty much all the Marvel films. And um, I, I was excited to see what his director chops were, and the dude didn't disappoint for me. Um, the writers... Uh, Heather Quinn and Peter Cameron. No idea who those people are. Um <laughs> uh, let's jump to the actors. We got Gail Garcia Brunel who plays the main the lead character. Um you've got Jack Russell, Laura Donnelly, Alice. Uh, Jack Russell,
1: I think, is the name of the main character. Oh, okay. That's the name of the same of line. there we go. Actor and, and uh character. Thank you, and that is why you're here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Had
0: <laughs> you had purpose. All right. So um Laura Donnelly, Harriet Sanson Harris. Um this is all in a really bad order. I don't know why I put it this way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's all right. I mean you just sort of keep going. Let's try
0: this. Uh Kirk Thatcher. No, I
1: think that's an umbrella name. Yeah, Kirk Thatcher is Jovan Eugenie Pondorant is yep. Azarel, who I have Azarel. Yeah. Leonardo Nam is Leon. <laughs> uh, Dan-
0: is- yeah, I know. Daniel J. Watts plays Barrasso. Um, Billy Swan, Carrie Jones uh, plays uh, Ted, which is Man-Thing, by the way. I I know that Man-Thing is a character, a comic book character. Didn't know what Man-Thing looked like. Definitely didn't realize that that was Man-Thing, but there we go. That is Man-Thing. David Sylvan plays the flaming tuba. And then Rick D. Wasserman is the narrator, the narrator that we uh, raved on about in the beginning of the show. Um, We've got Richard Dixon, who plays Ulysses Bloodstone, which is basically a voice, right? And I'm pretty sure Richard Dixon is a Kiwi actor. Nope, it's not. Never mind. I'm thinking of a different person. We do so well on the podcast, don't we? (laughs) Um, So this was released on the 7th of October, so it's been a while. Like We are recording this as of the 26th of October, Um, so we continue to do well with this podcast. Um, It's got an amazing Rotten Tomatoes score, 90% from the critics and just 2% more from the audience rating. So this is one of those, uh, albeit rare, films where the critics and the audience... Um, sort of see eye to eye with such a high rating. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah crit- I mean the- sorry, I was gonna say I'm just I'm happy to hear that. <laughs>
0: Can you stop interrupting me? Wait. Oh I gonna- <laughs> okay, I you. <laughs> <laughs> The critic consensus is a spooky yarn Told are told with taunt economy werewolf by night is a standout marvel entry that proves michael giacchino as atmospheric and skilled a director as he is a composer damn right took the words out of my mouth um real quick some key highlights some lowlights what were your what were the performance performances like and what did you think of the direction
1: yeah all right cool so i guess like for me i want to start with lowlights and then like move into highlights i think lowlights there wasn't a whole lot and some of the lowlights actually become highlights in a way so my lowlights are that like there's not really much of a story like there's not a lot going on a lot of characters have like pretty hokey backstories or no backstories whatsoever and they're just kind of there um but it's kind of funny because i don't like, the way the plot moves along, you just kind of realise you don't care, because it becomes just sort of a fun little adventure. It's like this self-contained thing. Um, it's, like, really atmospheric. It's really stylistic. Like, it's kind of weird to compare it to, like, say, like sort of, um, you know, Spider-Man, the animated one? What's it called? Um, the one with a lot of spider man in it. And
0: yeah. Like, uh, Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, yeah! So, mm. like,
1: this, it's not the same, right? Because this is black and white. This is, like, definitely taking a page out of, like, the 1930s, 40s, 50s. I don't even know the, the when things are black and white. But, like, it's really stylistic. It's really atmospheric. And I think that shares a lot with, like, my initial impression of Spider-Man. Like, that one was, a, like, a film where the style really popped off the screen. Um... But yeah, it's fun, there's not much of a plot, and it kind of twists in lots of different directions. Like, I'll get to it in... Actually, no, I'll talk about it a little bit now. Like, when you start the film, it's all about, like, this this hunt. And I kind of think, oh, man, it's going to be, like, 50 minutes of them hunting this thing and some stuff's going to happen. And the hunt ends, like, 15 minutes later. And that's brilliant. I love that. Mm. I was getting... I was buckling in for a hunt, and I was going to be bored of it. Mm. So that's kind of like overall thoughts performances i want to shout out i'm gonna look at the name now harriet sansom harris varusa i thought she did fantastic i loved her i thought she was really really good um she's just like super emotive kind of plays that kind of crazy person really well Mm. every time she's on scene she just chews it all up and uh, like normally i think people would dislike that but in a film like this where it's kind of campy already like it really really works for me direction it's it's stylish it's cool what about you?
0: Stylish and cool. Stylish and cool. I like that. I like those are good points, Tony. Well done. <laughs> oh,
1: you shouldn't let me go first. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> I love this. I love this TV special. It's great. It's everything that I wanted and probably more. I I probably didn't expect a lot from it. To be honest, I think when I saw, you know, when Marvel announced that they were going to be off by now, I I kind of had. Uh, I was a little kind of dodgy about it. I was like, uh, why? <laughs> that was like my first question like why why do a werewolf by night movie. Um saw the poster, saw the trailer and I was like, okay, cool. Like the trailer was quite um it, it's weird. The trailer was kind of like bleak and interesting at the same time. I don't I don't know if that makes any sense, but I think it was bleak in the sense that I had this this uh already high expectation of what a Marvel film should be. So maybe that's why I was sort of considering it to be bleak and also with the um with the style that they were going with this film, which was obviously a complete homage to nineteen thirties horror films, classic horror films. Um I, I don't know why I had such a like sort of suspicion around whether this is gonna like a uh, doubtful, you know? Mm. Doubtful whether this is gonna be a uh, good film let alone a good MCU film so man such low expectations um mediocre expectations not super low but mediocre because it's still a Marvel brand and so I'm gonna have some kind of expectation but man this uh exceeded my expectations well beyond what I thought which was great love the um lead actor Gail Garcia Brunel I feel like I've seen him somewhere I just don't know where <laughs>
1: I mean, probably, right? Like, they're not going to get completely unknowns, so I would assume.
0: I'm going to quickly have a look, just real quick, what has it been and what has it been and that I have seen? I don't recognise any of these movies.
1: <laughs> oh, damn, really?
0: No. I mean, the, I think this guy, yeah, he's born in Mexico, Guadalajara. I don't know if that's how you say it, but I'm going to say it that way anyway. Um yeah, he's a Mexican actor and he's been in a lot of Mexican films, but I feel like I've seen him in somewhere. I just don't know where. I'm having trouble finding it. Anyway, I don't want to waste any more time on that. I think, yeah, I think he was great. Um, the, the what do you call it? The decoy aspect to it, which was like him being this lead actor that you don't know he's going to be werewolf, but we do know that he's going to be werewolf um, because I've seen the trailer and I know about the story. Interesting oh. <laughs> Interesting thing, though, is that a lot of people that hadn't seen the trailer didn't know anything about this. They The decoy worked for them, because they had no idea that he was going to be
1: a werewolf, right? So it's interesting for me, because I didn't see the trailer. I went in completely fresh. Um, I kind of thought something was up, but I didn't know he was a werewolf, specifically. I mean, it's kind of weird, because it says werewolf by night, but, like... Uh, in the start of the film, he's like weirdly just like not into killing. He's weirdly scared all the time. So I kind of just thought like, and then they're like, Oh, you a hundred kills. And so I kind of thought there was something up with him, but I didn't know what. So there was mystery for me.
0: Apologies because, uh, yeah, we had a bit of a technical issue, but we're going to continue as if nothing happened, kind of like the magic of cinema. <laughs> um, so yeah, my, my overall impressions were great. I don't really have a lot of lowlights. I think it's still a bit similar to you. Like my lowlights, uh, I don't know. If I if I start to think about lowlights, I think I just nitpick more than anything. Um, you were saying that your biggest lowlight was that the story wasn't, um, There wasn't much of a plot or a story, which is true. I don't think this movie's trying to have a plot as such. I think the plot is um, sort of paper thin simply because it's about, it's really about the situation itself, you know, the situation of um, the decoy situation. Whereas like, you know, we think this movie is about a hunt. It's like a hunt film, but it's not really a hunt film. It's really just a film designed to, well, the the story is designed in a way to guard his um, secret identity as werewolf while also saving his friend, which I think is an endearing story. Um, And that's all it kind of needed to be. Um, So I don't have any issues with that um prior, like I think the, the only low light for me is probably it was too short.
1: <laughs> oh really? No, I love, love the, the length, man. The it, length was No, really the length
0: was good, but now I'm just trying to think of a low light just to try and balance yeah. it out. Um look, why don't we get into the um a recap. So who's
1: your favorite performance, though? Because I feel like you appreciate these things better than me.
0: Ah, I, I thought you'd never ask. Um, my favorite performance <laughs> is probably from Gail Garcia Brunel playing Jack Russell.
1: Oh, main guy. Okay.
0: By the way, his name being Jack Russell, is that supposed to be ironic?
1: Like a dog type thing? Maybe. <laughs> I
0: was like, wait, his name's Jack Russell. Is that supposed to be ironic because he's a wolf and blah, blah, blah? Uh,
1: they, they it could probably th- is. Because I feel like...
0: They could have just made his name, instead of Jack Russell, they could have name, named him, like, Husky Ryan
1: or whatever. Yeah, I reckon they probably just had, like, a bunch of dog names and, and picked one, right? Like, but a
0: husky's closer to a
1: wolf. You know, he yeah, he, he could have been Ryan Husky. How cool would that be? Like, I just imagine sort of he was at home and they're like, hey, aren't they going to get this if they call me Husky? And they're like, oh, no, call Russell. There's that's a little bit of, like depth there (laughs) a little bit vague
0: sure Mm -hmm. all right look let's get in to the recap so if you're new to this channel if you're new to this podcast um first of all thank you i don't know why you're here but um i guess you love hearing nerds like us talk about movies and tv series but if it's your first time here what we do is we recap the entire movie which is basically our way of traveling through the entire plot broken up into three classic parts, which is known as the act one act two act three structure. We go through all three acts and we basically just talk about what we liked in these things uh, in these aspects. The good thing about, about a recap is that it jogs our memory. Um, probably more so for me because Tony literally just watched it like 15 minutes ago and, um, and it yeah, it jogs our memory, and it kind of gets us to pinpoint areas that we thought were good, and maybe they're not, and vice versa. So let's get into it. So we start off with the Bloodstone family has been fighting monsters for years using the powerful weapon known as the Bloodstone. Julius's Bloodstone has died, which, by the way, for... um. I don't know why I'm explaining who these characters are, because I'm assuming that everybody listening (laughs) knows who these characters are. Ulysses Bloodstone is, I guess, the father or the godfather, the grandfather, whatever he is, has died, and it is his funeral. Jack Russell, played by uh, Gail Garcia Brunel, arrives at Bloodstone Temple for a challenge among monster hunters to gain position of the Bloodstone. Now, it's cool that they have this, uh, it's kind of like a MacGuffin, right? The bloodstone is like a piece of MacGuffin that is, uh, you know, used to to tell, well, uh, I don't know, have, have some kind of reward and stake aspect to the film, right? Because everybody, yeah. everybody wants a bloodstone.
1: It's kind of like a trophy, and well, it seems more like a weapon, right? Like it's going to help them be like way better monster hunters, I guess. Which it was kind of vague. Was it vague? Right? Like I,
0: I didn't fully understand when I first watched. It, I didn't fully understand why the bloodstone was so special. We we get in. Like, there is a demonstration on what the Bloodstone does, which is cool, and then you can just infer that's uh, it's going to give some kind of power to the hunter, perhaps.
1: Well, no, but, like, she uses it... I mean, we're jumping to the end now, where she, like, is, like, kind of subduing uh the werewolf with the Bloodstone pretty much by itself, right? Like, it seems yeah. like a pretty powerful weapon.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's what I'm saying, is that, like, we, we don't find out the utility of this...
1: Oh, until way later. You know, until
0: way yeah. later. Like, when... Like, it's, it's it's interesting that at the beginning knowing, getting introduced to what the trophy is and the reward is, we don't know what impact the reward has, but we just go along for the ride. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, uh, like, that's not a usual thing in a film. (laughs) Usually we kind of know, like, you know, for example, the Tesseract in um, the Avengers film, we know what the Tesseract can do and we know why everybody's after it. Whereas everybody's, like, hunting to get this bloodstone that we don't know anything about.
1: I mean, it's not the thing, I guess, like, this is one of those things where normally I think I'd have a pretty big issue with this, but they kind of just say, wow, this is the most powerful weapon um, in kind of montage form. And we just kind of accept that as the film goes, I kind of like buy into it. But like at the start, I was thinking, okay, this is a bit hokey as a general plot.
0: <laughs> you love that word hokey, don't you?
1: Ah, I mean, I, I use it. In, You've used it a few rotation. times. You've used it a few times. <laughs> like,
0: not not just in this podcast episode, but, like, a few times, and like, in Rings of Power.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, like, it starts off in a way where I think, like, this is kind of weak, but then the weakness becomes part of its charm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh,
0: I have to actually go a little bit before what we're talking about as well. I just want to like sort of jump back to, I I need to talk about the opening title credit with the Marvel Studios logo. I love the screen. Oh man, I love it. I love it. It was such a great way to start. Werewolf it was a great way to just pull you right into that universe without doing much at all but doing a lot at the same time like you start off with the logo it's like dun, 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 and then and then it's like the werewolf like slash kind of thing with the scream i'm like damn okay oh okay i love it i know what you guys are doing i know where you guys are wanting to take us i'm in for the ride great way to introduce I don't know how you felt about it, but like,
1: you know, I I was afraid, man. Like I thought I was in for something dark when that happened. Yeah. But
0: I I mean, those are like 1930s sound effects. Sure. You weren't afraid. I
1: was afraid, man. I didn't know. I was like, um, you know, like, oh, is this going to be like real violent? (laughs) Um, it took me a while, like to realize it wasn't going to be violent. I had my hand ready to like watch through my hands. But didn't you think it was kind of cool stylistic with, you know, with the, (sighs) I can appreciate the uh the stylishness of like scary things, even though I'm afraid of them. You know what I mean? Like it was very cool that they didn't just do the same old marble thing, especially with how the movie turned out. Because I didn't know it was gonna be like a nineteen thirties homage. Right? Like that was like quite a surprise to me. Oh. So you knew that. Nah, I didn't know anything about this movie. I just came in completely fresh based on your recommendation. And so, like, as soon as like it starts and you see, you know. Jack Russell, Gail Gussie is like sort of walk in, and you get like those little um, cinema artifacts on the mm-hmm. screen. And, and the grain see, like, pops. Yeah, they give you the grain pops, and you see like it's not like just straight up black and white. Like it's black and white with like a f- old style filter. I'm like, oh, it's this kind of movie, and I got way more into it. Than oh than
0: wow, that. I didn't. I don't think you pick the, pick up on that. Yeah, I don't know. I got a clear monitor. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I'm meaning like. I didn't think you you knew about, you didn't know about that before seeing it. I thought it was so clear to everybody that it's a 1930s horror homage.
1: No, man. I, like, I mean, I, because you know me, like you, you've seen all of the season, the series four, what do you want to call it? Uh, phase four? Phase four, yeah. I haven't seen a single phase four thing at all. Oh, so no, I that's, followed, right, that's like, right. I'm coming in fresh. I I'm remember the, this. The voice of the non-fan here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the MCU fans are cringing right now. Um, okay, so let's move on after that very exciting intro. Um, Russell walks around looking at fellow hunters. we got Leon Az- Azaral um, and Barrasso. Is that the wine valley? No, that's Barrasso. Oh, yeah. That's Barrasso. <laughs> <laughs> that's Barrasso. Um, he then meets Joshua Jovan, who compliments Russell's face paint. Um, I can't remember that part. Do you remember that part where a couple yeah, of yeah, minutes his face? Man,
1: right at the start, he's like, he's about to touch the bloodstone, and then Joshua's like, "Hey, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. nice gotcha.
0: to him." Oh yeah, and Joshua's the big dude, right?
1: The big like, yeah. weird guy.
0: That's right, the Viking.
1: Yeah,
0: um, the Viking from Iceland.
1: <laughs> he's oddly bad at fighting. Exactly.
0: Um, Ulysses Ulysses' daughter Elsa Bloodstone arrives. Uh, Verusa Bloodstone greets her and concede. Uh, Condescends, condescends, concedes, condescends her, yeah. condescends her <laughs> for not continu- continuing the monster hunting tradition. So there seems to be like a, obviously a whole family tradition around uh, hunting monsters, and it seems like Elsa is not on board with this whole mon- uh, monster hunting expedition. Um, which, by the way, I want to talk about Elsa for a little bit. I, st- I can't, I can't remember, or I, I don't recall knowing why she's not a monster hunter anymore. Was there something in the dialogue? No. Nah
1: like okay so it's complete said, mystery right it's so weird like i don't know if i want to sort of dive into it right now. i probably should and then i'll say less later on like she shows up and they're like oh I, I wonder how you're gonna go you're untrained and she's like untrained by my dad like so it implies that she's still been doing heavy training for what reason i don't really know um and she's actually like great at fighting as you find out later and then um so you don't know why she wants the stone like you yeah, it's kind of weird. Like she always says I want the stone to get away from my family, but I've no idea what she wants to do with the stone or why she wants to have the stone. Um you don't ever find that out, which I thought was a bit of a weakness. And yeah, you don't know why she left or what she's been doing this entire time. I guess maybe not, it's not super important, but it it just made me go like I don't understand why she's doing what she's doing. Well,
0: I feel like if you're going to if you're going to have this like piece of exposition dialogue between two characters where it seems quite pertinent for their character right In the sense that she, she says uh you, you you well she's implying that you've never like you, you stopped um doing the monster hunting thing a while ago and that's kind of um unforgiving you know seeing as it's a family tradition we don't know yeah. why she hasn't been hunting monsters and clearly it's like affected her relationship with her mother particularly father as well because i don't think i don't think she cares about her father being dead
1: i think stepmother by the way because oh um, stepmother right yep she veruca's character talks about elsa's mother in a negative light right okay um,
0: um yeah so i guess that is a little bit of a weak point for me for the characters but um but that that's actually Um, an indication, not an indication, but, um, it's pretty much all the characters here. We don't have any back stories whatsoever, especially with Gale, our lead actor. We don't have a backstory
1: with him. See, the funny thing about that is, um, he gets enough of a motivation where I buy everything he's given me, like uh, spoilers, I suppose. Um, you find out that he's going into the place to rescue um, Ted, the man thing. And that's his entire driving force. So it doesn't really matter his history or his future. The fact that is, you know, why he's here, you know what he's doing. Whereas with Elsa, you, you know, she wants the bloodstone for what reason? I don't know. She's actually like on purpose vague. Like Verusa says, what would you do with the bloodstone when you get it? And Elsa's like, you know, it's none of your business. That's why it's so good. I'm so happy to not have it be your business. But then she doesn't even tell anyone. So we as an audience don't even find out why what you want to do with it. it
0: it's almost it's almost like a um self self-refuting mystery to a character right whereas it's doing more damage to the character's um uh interest um mm. for the audience member and less you know and and it's it's supposed to be kind of a draw card maybe for a character, but it it doesn't quite do anything for me. I'm kind of like, well, okay, you're a mystery, but I feel like you're undercutting yourself as a character simply because you just want to be mysterious for no apparent reason. Um So, yeah, I think that's a little bit of a weakness for the character. All the, the other characters, we don't need to know backgrounds as such because they're just disposable yeah, hunters. Just, that's part of this, like, spiel,
1: right? Yeah, I accept that all of them are just, like, weird-looking dudes that yep. kill things. Like, that's fine. Yep.
0: And I agree with you with Gail's character. Gail's character, um, his whole purpose and motivation is to really save his friend. Um, We don't know what that relationship is, but, I mean, we can all relate to having friends, and I'm pretty sure we'll do anything I think they're actually
1: (laughs) family, to be honest. Like, he sort of implies that they're family.
0: Um, Maybe in, like, a friend way, you know, like, you know, your closest friends, you kind of treat like family kind of thing.
1: Well, I mean, like, later on, I'll probably, I'll mention it now i'm just jumping ahead a lot when they're locked inside the tomb he, and he talks about like family and she, oh yeah he's Good like job. and sometimes your family and he hears like a roar in distance, and he's like um they're just people that annoy you you have to save all the time that doesn't imply that it's not like brother style fantasy uh, family but you know it, but it seems like it's
0: it's sort of leading somewhere right yeah, yeah. um Okay, so Varusa Bloodstone greets her, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we went past that. Let's move on to the next part. <laughs> Varusa greeted everyone and had the butler Billy Swan open the casket to reveal a puppeteered Ulysses explaining that the others would have to defeat a monster in order to obtain the Bloodstone. The Bloodstone will be attacked, uh, will be attached to the monster, which will weaken it. Um, so this is a bit of a clue as to what the, um, the power of the Bloodstone, I suppose. Uh, Barusso claims that Elsa doesn't belong there, but Verusa explains that she will have no special treatment. Um, the puppeteer thing was kind of cool. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize like it was, I thought it was going to be, cause I saw it in the trailer. And oh, okay. I, I didn't, I was kind of like, why, why is there kind of this weird puppet thing? I didn't even know that puppet was dead in the trailer. We find out in the movie that it's Ulysses as a dead, corpse as a dead corpse like there's a live corpse um as a corpse but it's just being puppeted and controlled by some kind of machine um and it's got his voice in the background which is interesting i i think i liked it in the movie <laughs> for whatever reason
1: yeah like i felt like it just sort of again like leaned you into the campiness of the film like it's like this is a wild weird thing and this is like you know, get ready for a lot more of this. I found found it kind of funny in the sense that like, you know, they have the technology to like sort of have a decapitated head on. It's talking, it's lips are moving, it's arms are moving, but the casket has to be opened by hand crank. Like, there's a lot of, like, these sort of funny elements in this film. Like, if you... When Varusa is walking around the back of it, it's, like, this way up. Like, it's, like, not a very stylish casket from the back, and I kind of find that funny.
0: Yeah, the, the the film does a great job at balancing all the 21st century pieces of technology and also the super old technology from 1930s, perhaps. Um, that's, that's what I love about this... This movie, it it has kind of a mystique nature to it where you don't know what's going to be high tech and what's going to be low tech. And I think that's, that's, yeah, a big aspect that I really enjoy. Yeah. The challenge soon commences with Russell leading the way into the maze. Russell and Elsa run into each other, but Russell wants no conflict and suggests to pass each other. Okay. So why, why does he do this with Elsa and not with anybody else?
1: Well, I mean, he doesn't ever have a chance to do it with anybody else, right? Like, he doesn't fight anyone. And then there's one time where he fights, like, the David Bowie-looking dude, and really they don't fight. He just runs. And that's what leads him into the tomb and locks himself in with Elsa. Mm,
0: That's a good point. That's a good point.
1: Yeah. So I don't think it's, like, specific with Elsa. Damn it,
0: Tony. I thought I was onto something. What were you
1: going to say, though? No, nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to try and sound smart. (laughs) Oh, man, you can still do it. Nah, 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 nah. You've ruined my moment um yeah i at the time that i was watching i thought i was like that's kind of weird it seems too convenient that he just wouldn't do anything to her but you're right you're right in, in saying that they paid close attention to not mess up the character of jack russell so he is a nice guy he's a genuine guy he's got such an endearing heart to him and we know we know that's followed through because he has a strong connection with his close friend ted mm-hmm. um and And I guess we do see tropes of that, especially when he's in jail. you know we see that he's he's got a big heart, but there's a darkness to him, which is going to be the complete contrast, right? There's a darkness to him that allows for that character to be so colorful because there's two opposite there's a duality to his character, which is great. You have to have that kind of a uh, contrast um, and it makes sense that's why he's so charming and nice.
1: Yeah, no, he's a fun, he's actually a fun guy to have in the film. Like when he was starting off, like kind of scared, I was like, oh, who is this guy? But then as you see more of him, it becomes a lot more endearing, just the way he reacts to this kind of weird situation.
0: Yeah, he sort of starts off like very quiet, very ominous. Mm. Um, He has this kind of suspicion to him, you know, Uh, well, he suspects a lot of things around him. He's unsure. He looks uncomfortable. He's quiet. um, But yeah. I, I do I do like the character. Uh, so we have Javan that uh, then charges at them, throwing Elsa into a wall um, with a big swing with his uh, axe. Not his axe. Is it a big sword that he has or something oh, like it's that? it's a big
1: axe.
0: Big axe, yeah. Oh, so he's definitely like a Viking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From Iceland. Elsa takes him down and escapes. But, and this is the first time that we see anybody do any kind of martial arts or hand-to-hand combat. And Elsa is like, for one she seems indestructible because she gets her face slammed into the corner of a concrete
1: like eight times, like eight times. <laughs> I'm
0: like, how are you surviving
1: that? No, but she's special. Like she, she gives me real,
0: uh, yeah, but how special is she? Cause you can't even escape from the jail.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like she's like sort of special enough to survive concrete hits, but slightly less special enough to escape a tomb. Well, clearly, I mean, she's she's, she's,
0: she's strong enough to withstand like, a, a curb beating, right? It's like a concrete curb beating yeah. of her face. We're talking about her face here, and her face doesn't even get demented. Um, but she's not strong enough to get out of a, a jail. Um, it's kind of it's kind of weird to me. So this is where it gets a little unknown for me. I'm not really sure what the rules are. Like, are they? They're clearly they're deliberately doing this by showing that she's completely fine. There's like not a scratch on her face. Which would m- lead you to believe logically that she has some kind of immortality to her or invincibility, right? I mean, maybe she's invincible. I don't know.
1: Like, I don't think so. I mean, she was genuinely scared in that cage, right? Like, like shooting. Yeah, but the-
0: but uh, what I am saying, she, like, she got her face smashed against a concrete corner, and she doesn't have a scratch
1: on her face. <laughs> I think to me, fight scene. Um, survivability is different to plot survivability, and uh, I just you're she... not getting away with this, not it's it's <laughs> lies. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> she should have had a cut. I agree with you. <laughs> Come on, that was like a scene
0: from American X. Have you seen American X? Is American X?
1: Oh, American History X, American history. Remember oh, when, when he, could... stomp? Oh, man, yeah, that. dude, it's like the, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> she reminds me of, um, oh, what's that girl, the Netflix. Main character, female Marvel. Oh,
0: Jessica Jones. Yeah, yes, yeah. She does she, have does that vibe. That Jessica,
1: Jessica Jones,
0: Jones vibes, like all the way yes. through the, the film. <gasps> I just had a moment. Is, is she gonna be? Is she gonna be Jessica Jones? Then
1: she's got a different name, so I'd assume no.
0: But maybe like this is her, her real name, oh, and know? she turns into Jessica jones because jessica jones
1: is invincible holy crap you know what's crazy so i'm thinking back now when verusa says why do you want the bloodstone because of longevity
0: oh my goodness
1: maybe we ran into something this is like the jessica jones origin <laughs> story
0: <laughs> do you reckon it is did we just land on something hold I on doubt i hold doubt on. it i doubt hold it. on hold on um oh, wait hold oh, up uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm kind of lost for words. I'm a little bit blown away right now because if if we're right about this, um, well, I'm actually going to take the credit because I noticed it first. <laughs> if I'm right about this, then that kind of blows my mind. That that and that would make sense because it's canon. It's part of the MCU. Um, all those characters have been brought back to Marvel Studios. So you know, all the Defenders. They're called the Defenders. That's Daredevil, Jessica Jones, um, Luke Cage. I uh, infest all those guys, they're called the Defenders. they all they've all come back home to Marvel Studios, so who knows? Damn, that kinda of blew my mind.
1: I want like twenty percent credit.
0: <laughs> I'll give you five. I'll take five. Good. Um so She uses an axe as a weapon while she slowly makes her way into the other room. Uh, Leon emerges from behind a door and tries to shoot her with her wrist arrows. Um, Elsa slices his arm off and her axe and then with her axe and rids him of of Lorne's weapon before using it against him to shoot him in the throat. This was a gnarly scene. Yeah. Uh, It was a super gnarly scene. I was not expecting this level of gore, to be honest. I thought it was going to be quite tame, quite PG. Any kind of slicing and dicing would be a little bit off camera or something, you know, and you might see some splatters. But this was like, this was
1: uninhibited. (laughs) yeah, man. Like, he's like choking on his own blood and she's holding his mouth to make him not say anything loud so that they don't. So Jovan doesn't find them. It's pretty freaky. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's like, well,
0: this is like, man, my, like Disney's really kind of letting loose on this one. Um, I'm pretty sure the thing is like PG as well. The thing I don't
1: understand. Oh no, it's I, M. It's M. Sorry. May, maybe it's just like by virtue of the fact that like, it's a short show, but like all the hunters don't seem particularly good at fighting. Uh, <laughs> I've got to be honest. <laughs> That's like, right. It's true. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're all pretty shit at hunting. <laughs> Yeah, she she beats them all pretty easily. Um, That's why I think she's Jessica Jones, dude.
0: Because um, Jessica Jones is is strong. She's got like super strength, super strength, this human, superhuman strength.
1: Yeah, she can lift a car.
0: God damn. Um. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's
1: a fight scene. It's a cool fight scene. It, it's a it's cool fight. Not scene. the best fight scene, but yeah,
0: it's pretty cool. I mean, we get to see her do some acrobatic martial arts type stuff. She does kind of Black Widow type moves yeah, as well yeah. you know where she does the spinning tornado uh neck thing well i don't even know what that's called but i call it the Rey mysterio move you know Rey mysterio
1: yeah yeah um i, I think moves <sighs> a bit sexist every time there's like a female good fighter in mcu they just do a lot of ray mysterio stuff it's like a lot of spins that end up in a choke or an armbar or a leg thing are you just
0: talking about black widow
1: maybe you're talking about two people no but there's black widow's <laughs> sister okay that's reasonable. she doesn't really do. does she do that yeah, she does a lot of, like, twisty, jumpy stuff. Mm.
0: It's in the family, I guess.
1: Does Hawkeye's girl do that kind of stuff?
0: No, she doesn't do any high-flying stuff. She just throws arrows. There, so...
1: No, she does hand-to-hand stuff a bunch, uh, but I don't remember. I think she's, like, doing it, but kind of accidentally. Like, she's not very good. Cool. No, she doesn't do
0: hand-to-hand stuff. Are
1: you kidding me? No. There's a bunch of stuff. Okay, let's just...
0: <laughs> we can carry it away here. Um, so Javan then walks in and so Elsa hides in a ditch covering the dying Leon's mouth. Um, um, I'm just going to uh, Can I call you later? Yep. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just you yeah, have a phone. <laughs> My f- phone was coming through. Phone call was coming through. My bad. Oh. Um, so uh, Javan suspects nothing, but it takes but takes the axe. Um, lying on the ground we move into act two russell makes his way to the monster man thing russell is glad to see his friend and plans on helping him escape which was his reason for attending so this is the big reveal that this the whole movie is actually about him saving his friend
1: known as ted I love that name for a 4 yeah. thing, Ted. I, so this is my one of my favourite scenes in the film because, like, it immediately dispels the fact that this is going to be just a long hunt where everyone's trying to fight each other and you don't know who's going to survive last and then, I don't know, something happens at the end. Like, as soon as this happens because you like Jack Russell and now the monster's not trying to kill Jack Russell, it just completely disarms you, or disarmed me at least. Um and having that like fun conversation, it was very casual, very modern. I just thought it was like a really fun thing to, to do for this show, yeah. Yep.
0: Um, what did you say, by the way? I didn't listen, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: recorded, I don't care. It's
0: who cares, it's on file. Um, okay, so, um, Azarel is that how you even say it, by the way? As David Bowie. David Bowie. He is pretty much David Bowie, right?
1: Yeah. I think, yeah.
0: But the David David Bowie version in Flight of the Concords, have you seen that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bowie's in space. <his> <laughs> he's like
0: floating in the bedroom. Jeez, that's so hilarious. I could not stop laughing at that episode. Um, uh, so David Bowie then finds them. So Russell runs away into a room and closes the door. Elsa, who was inside, tells him not to close it. But Russell doesn't hear, and um, when he closes the door, he realizes it is locked. Russell reveals his plan to. her. They talk for a while in a room, which is an indoor graveyard. Is that what you call those places? I thought they called, oh, they called crypts. Yeah. Right? yeah. Crypt. Uh, apparently, we're calling it an indoor graveyard in these notes. Who wrote these notes?
1: <laughs> I'm guessing, no, not you.
0: No, it wasn't me. Okay. Okay. Um, Elsa suddenly remembers that her aunt had a key in her grave, believing she would be rescued or resurrected and would need a way out of the room. Elsa finds the key and they break out. So wait, you know, this, this whole scene, I have to be honest, I kind of like tuned out.
1: Oh man, come on. It's like the one part of storyline in this whole movie. Really? uh, I, I think I tuned out because I was,
0: I was so set up to watch a bunch of monsters, like kill each other. And, you know, a bunch of monsters just kind of have this amazing monster fight and the hunters maybe are having a brawl as well. And then it's, the moment we kind of jump into this crypt and then they're talking, I was like, "Ah, eh. I think I tuned out for a moment.
1: Oh man, it was like, I just had, I just came out of two fights. So I was like gagging for some exposition by then.
0: <laughs> we only had two fights.
1: It's, yeah, two <clears throat> fights, it's a lot. Um... No, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. I like the fact that there's no like romantic element in this movie. That's something that I very, very much enjoy. Um, you know, they talk about family. One thing that I kind of like is that okay, this is just a trope. Now I'm just going to describe. There's a part where he says, "Oh, it must be hard having that family." You know, it's such a big deal. And she's like, "You know nothing about my family." And he said, "Yeah, I don't." That's cool because. Could- a lot of the time, I mean, I hate the, you know, nothing about my family, but then for him to say, yeah, I don't, is fun. I enjoyed that. But yeah, he talks about family. You get a little bit of insight into both their situations. This is part where I hoped I would find out why she wants the Bloodstone and you don't find out at this point, And that was disappointing. Yep.
0: I mean, I think it's cool that it's, I sort of see it as a big setup for Gale's character. For Jack Russell's character in, in future MCU projects, because um, he's coming back clearly, Man Thing will come back, and I'm pretty sure he's just that. Just breadcrumbing what his character background could be, mm. and then we'll learn a lot more of that in upcoming films. Might be Blade, who knows? Cool. Yeah. Cool. I lost where I was. Okay, so Elsa suddenly remembers that her aunt... Okay, I already said that. Elsa goes to free Man-Thing while Russell blows a hole in the wall um, for him to escape. Russell tells her to call him Ted, so he trusts her. He then asks, asks how to turn on the explosive, but accidentally does just that, causing them uh to need to rush. Elsa makes it to Man-Thing and finds Jovan as well. Man-Thing incinerates Jovan, but Trust Elsa when she explains she is with Russell. So this quick interaction that Elsa has with Ted, I think is cool. It's a nice, um, I think the way she reacts to her, she has a, I don't know if she's fearful, but she's, she's, she clearly knows that she probably won't be able to defeat this guy. If she even tried. Um, Cause when she sees Jovan get disintegrated, I was like, <laughs> first of yeah. all, I was, I was like, what? Okay. This guy's got some crazy spiritual powers like Sauron powers or something just like
1: melts people with his hands <laughs> just
0: melts people yeah i was like what are the what are the powers for man thing really um and then so she's she kind of keeps her distance you know does the right thing by just respecting who man thing is and i think it's kind of nice that man thing has a bit of a personality
1: yeah he, like he does this thing where he's like looking at her angrily then she says ted and he's like huh?
0: Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. that that's cool. Fun. It's comical, it's uh it's fun. I think that's the levity that you need in such a show like this, which is
1: nice. I think this whole scene's quite funny like when he like accidentally turns on the explosive and then he like has a lot of trouble sticking it to the wall. It's just kind of like a fun scene and and I think like this again was one of those moments where I'm like, "Oh okay, I think I want to like this movie because of just it doesn't go crazy with the laughter, but there's like, enough of it in spa- spaced out
0: it's kind of the laughter that seems just acceptable and natural yeah man things but trust uh, Elsa yes 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 um, Russell tries to attach the explosive device to the wall but has trouble getting to stick it he finally does so just as man thing charges through the wall escaping but not before Elsa gets the b- bloodstone off man thing Russell reaches for the bloodstone which throws him back. And incapacitates him. This is our first sign that he is dum-dum-dum a monster and likely the name of the movie.
1: (laughs) So this was the part where, again, second twist, like you kind of expect, you expect, expect it to be a hunt, you get bored, then it's like a buddy escape film, which is cool. And then it turns into a, oh, he is a monster. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed the twists and turns that they fit within an hour.
0: You knew that he was werewolf, though, right?
1: No, not until this moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't put that together. Mm. I kind of thought that perhaps it was one of those things where there is no werewolf. The uh, werewolf is in our hearts. Or
0: well, did you did you think that the thing that they were hunting was the werewolf?
1: No, not when I saw it. Like you see it pretty early. No, on. no,
0: no. Like before that, when they said Are you, you're going to go hunt the yeah, monster, yeah, yeah. you think they're going to hunt the werewolf.
1: Yeah, I thought it was, like, they're going to hunt a guy and, like, I would turn right. into a wolf and, like, mess them all up. But it was, like, obviously a giant creature from the start. Yep. Um, but by that point, I had forgotten about the concept of a werewolf and I wasn't really, like, hankering <laughs> for the werewolf. So Yeah, fair enough. Yeah.
0: Um, that is fair enough. Russell reaches over... Uh, I already said that (laughs) I keep repeating the same thing. I I should probably highlight where I've uh, read. That's probably a good idea, right? Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: Varusa arrives and realizes Russell is a monster as well. She locks up Russell and Elsa for helping a monster. Despite her knowing he was Uh, Russell wakes up in a cage and apologizes to Elsa who was with him. Russell explains that he is a werewolf and the next full moon uh, is in five days. He doesn't explicitly say he's a werewolf though, does he? I don't think I he mean, does, right?
1: He doesn't say it outright, but he, he's there's a lot of exposition like, oh I turn into this thing mm. and it does a lot of the killing mm. and I can't control it. It's not me, I'm That's normal. Right. Yep. Yep. Like
0: I remember all that he, part.
1: He says it without saying it. Yep.
0: I, I, I didn't mind this uh dialogue between the two characters. Um, it creates a little bit of tension. I think it, it does, it did what it needed to do, which was like, what else do you do with two characters stuck in a cage? You got to talk about something, right? Maybe let's talk about the background of the character a little bit. Mm, something like that.
1: Yeah. I felt like it's kind of funny. Like it, it, maybe I'm just too positive in this show, but like normally it would be frustrating because it's a lot of time spent not really accomplishing much, but in reality you get a big sense of who Jack Russell is as a character. Like he's a very nice person who hates this side of himself i think um he's trying to like apologize profusely and then like sort of explain everything so even though it does take quite a lot of time you do glean a lot of like who jack russell is and also you glean a lot about elsa she's like angry at him she's angry at herself for trusting him um but she doesn't outright hate him she just sort of hates the situation they're in
0: you just get a you get this is the first time you get a good sense of empathy
1: for the characters yeah like you learn a lot about like sort of their respective selves because like realistically if she was like an actual monster hunter she would like just absolutely loathe him as soon as she found out right but she kind of doesn't she hates herself for trusting him she hates herself for about being about to die but she doesn't hate him which is kind of funny well not funny but interesting
0: (laughs) however the bloodstone can turn him into a werewolf when he becomes uncontrollable Russell profusely smells Elsa and explains that he hopefully will remember her in his werewolf form. I like that there was this attention to detail that, Mm. you know, he's a dog, essentially, right? (laughs) He's a dog, and a a dog will be able to pick up um, familiar human beings or species um, because of the scent. So I I thought that was kind of cool. It's like, all right, cool. This is how we're going to keep them... Somewhat connected somehow, and for him to not shred her to pieces, uh, the smelling thing was kind of cool. That probably might have been awkward in, as well um, for them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but he, I mean, he, I mean, there are probably more awkward scenes two actors could do, but mm. yeah, <laughs> I yeah. feel like um, this one's interesting. Like at the time I watched it, I remember thinking when she says, "Oh, has this ever worked before?" and he says, "Once." Once <laughs> I was kind of like, Do you reckon that's his?
0: He's talking about his previous, his ex-girlfriend, perhaps. Maybe, yeah.
1: but I was kind of thinking like, um, I would have preferred he said no, which would have been like a much more funnier lie. <laughs> but then I realized at the end when she decides to trust him, mm-hmm. um, if he didn't say once, I would be the guy going, well, why would she do that? He's never worked before.
0: But so. I think he's a genuine guy. Let's say he, 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 it's never happened. Maybe he just wanted to say once just to kind of comfort her,
1: but maybe it's all a lie.
0: <laughs> maybe it's never happened. <laughs>
1: correctly yeah uh, i think it's some of the truth i'm just feeling like it would it would be a much more humorous um moment if she's yeah. like has this ever worked and he's like no so <laughs> oh like, well I'm, I'm turning no turning back up for the best
0: varusa then walks in and uses the blood, uh the bloodstone and a latin spell to turn him into a werewolf so he could kill Elsa. Verusa taunts russell through the cage um but he grabs her. She screams, but is saved when her guards attack Russell. They back off only to find that Russell has escaped. You know, when he grabs her through the cage, I was half mm. expecting her arm to be bitten off.
1: <laughs> I thought so too. I'm surprised it didn't take, like, it took so long. I had my hand up for that yeah, one. Yeah, I was like, oh, is, is he going to rip her arm out of her socket?
0: But that didn't happen. He was holding on to her arm for quite a bit as well,
1: right? Like, what was he doing? Just like. That was probably one of like he was apparently trying to pull her in. Is what she says. She's like, "Oh, he's pulling me in,"
0: but right. I'm like, "But, but that's all you're doing. You're just kind of pulling the arm." Like,
1: yeah, it's a bit silly. It's like, is uh, he doing
0: like a cool handshake or something with her? Or?
1: <laughs> he's teaching it to her.
0: Teaching her like the new the MCU handshake. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed when her arm wasn't ripped off.
1: <laughs> uh, it's fine.
0: Yeah, it was whatever. Um, moving into Act Three, Russell rampages through the guards and bites barossa's ear off i mean i love like where the camera goes back and does kind of a wide shot and you see that the cage is being split wide open and mm. he's somewhere in the room and i love this this camera trick it's kind of like a 1930s horror camera trick or maybe not even 1930s i don't know it was a cool ha- camera trick that almost seemed like a homage to that um where the camera's kind of panning around you're looking at um, where the werewolf could be, and of course he's in the um, the spot where there could be a
1: statue, and then jumps out yeah, of the shadow. Yeah, yeah. I thought that
0: was so cool.
1: I actually had did. To you get, get a fright to catch it? No, I didn't get. A, I didn't get a fright because I kind of knew what was going to happen. Okay. And by this point, I kind of knew that the film was like not a particularly scary film. <laughs> um, but like when you look at it again, it's kind of interesting in the sense that um, there's so. Everything is like still,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then they do—they do this sort of weird effect that makes the wolf a little bit blurry when, because like you don't really spot him, but then if you go back, you can say you can definitely spot him because you know where to look. Yeah, and then his eyes light up. Yeah. Like a few second before yeah. he attacks. Um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah,
0: a very cool effects. Very good use of like budget effects that that works well for the show. Um, so he then goes into a room and kills all the guards, flipping and rolling them around. Um, the door then closes and, tr- and he tries, and yeah, he tries to claw his way out. Kind of like Wolverine. It's almost like a Wolverine yeah. moment.
1: So I think like a lot of recap is like, a lot of time is spent in this part of the recap. One thing that I kind of want to just mention is the fact that like, during this fight scene, you get a lot of like blood splatter on the camera yeah. itself. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, like the goriness didn't really get me in this one. like this part where he like rips a dude's side out pretty yeah. much and the guy just slowly dies. Yeah. But you get a sense of how like terrifying this werewolf is with this scene, like the camera work, um, how claustrophobic the the fight area is. Like you see the person like trying to escape and he can't. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a cool fight scene. It was great.
0: It kinda of reminded me of um the hallway scene in it kind of reminds you of a couple of films, you know. It reminds you a little bit of, like the Raid. Have you seen the Raid?
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know all the
0: hallway scenes and stuff. Kind of reminds me of um, the Daredevil hallway scene a little bit as well. Maybe I'm just like going too much, but <laughs> it, do- it does have rem- remnants of like previous film fight sequences that you've seen. It's kind of cool. I really enjoyed it. Oh,
1: one thing I probably didn't mention, which I probably should, is. During his transformation, I thought that was particularly cool. Oh, yeah. With the shadow. Yeah, like they zoom in on her face and she's just looking more and more afraid. And considering how much of a badass she is, this Mm. kind of like paints the picture of how terrifying. How terrifying. Yeah, that's
0: right. It's like a whole silhouette. It's very much that 1930s horror.
1: Um, aspect it's like like psycho or something, mm. right? Like you're zooming in on the woman's face, and this thing is happening around her, but you're looking at it from the victim's point of view. I thought that was like, yeah, cool.
0: It's kind of like, yeah, it's like through her eyes, but on like directly on her. Um, and so we're zooming in on her while the silhouette gets larger and larger and larger. So there's a lot of sort of symbolism here where the wolf is, you know, metaphorically, the wolf is getting bigger and scarier, kind of thing. Yeah, mm. it's really cool. I can't believe we didn't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I realized we skipped past it. Jeez. Um, so we, meanwhile, Elsa escapes the fights. uh, Barroso, uh escapes and fights Barroso, um slicing his neck. She then fights Azrael uh, before slicing her neck as well and striking her skull with a sword. This is like so brutal. Like the shit that she does in this scene is kind
1: of yeah. crazy. <laughs> she murders them all very well. Very very well.
0: <laughs> she is clearly a trained fighter. <clears throat> a.k.a. Jessica Jones.
1: <laughs> I kind of wanted to see the, the hunters like fight a monster and to see how good they were, but, I mean, like, this was fine. It was fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, nobody had a chance against her. She was kind of, like, unstoppable.
1: Yeah, she was, like, the best fighter of them all. Yeah,
0: by far. Um, She then grabs the bloodstone. She approaches Russell, hoping he will recognize her. Russell jumps on top of Elsa, but does, in fact, recognize her, which is nice. It's kind of cool. He calms down and runs away. (laughs) Yep. One
1: thing I kind of didn't like about this. Like, I mean, we didn't really talk about the fact that, like, Verusa uses the Bloodstone on the wolf and, like, he's doing a really good job. So Bloodstone, um, very, very powerful. That's kind of cool to show, like, why we care about it. But so Elsa has been shown to be someone who, quite badass, can take care of herself. Um she wasn't, like, in love with Jack, right? Like, she was angry at herself for supporting him. She didn't say anything to suggest that she, like, understood his plight or cared about, like, him. So the idea that she decides to put the bloodstone in her pocket and um take her chances with him smelling her was, like, kind of a weird departure for her character, in my opinion. Like, why would a badass take a chance at that. And then like use her hand to lovingly caress him when he's about to kill her. It, it seemed out of character for her.
0: There's a lot of things that don't seem um, in character for you. Doesn't Tony. No,
1: <laughs> no, but I mean like she's a badass that like has no particularly strong feelings mm-hmm. for him. And then she goes out of her way to put her life in danger when she has what she wants mm-hmm. in order to, cause like, she didn't have to go through that door either, no. you know what I mean? Like she could have easily she leaves through a different mm. door. So she could have easily just run away and the same outcome would have happened. No,
0: you're right. I mean, I think there's there's elements of the character that don't don't quite make sense and there's kind of that mystique nature about her that we would don't really know, you know. Going back to what we were saying earlier, like why is she even there? <laughs> like she didn't need to be there, right? Um Yeah. Maybe she was there to you know, she, prove a point, perhaps, I don't know but
1: she wants the bloodstone for reasons. Yeah. Explain. But
0: th- that's what I mean. It's like,
1: yeah.
0: she, she clearly doesn't have a great relationship with the family. She wants the bloodstone and maybe that we're going to find out what the bloodstone does to her later on. Um,
1: yeah. I think like obviously from a storyline point of view, it doesn't make sense, but from a film point of view, it allowed for scenes. So I, I
0: it allowed for setups, it. character setups who uh, we know she's Jessica Jones. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're gonna sound very dumb in like a year well, we're so
0: wrong yeah. eh, about the whole thing um so she approaches uh, russell hoping yep 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 we do that varusa then yells yeah. at elsa for letting russell leave russell vows to kill her stepdaughter but manthing returns early to incentivate Verusa. i was actually hoping that um elsa was gonna kill her
1: <laughs> yeah i was hoping that too that would have been like quite cathartic yeah i think
0: that would have been a nice payoff you know, for her revenge quest, perhaps.
1: Yeah, she's killed a bunch of people. It would have been nice for her to be the one to actually kill Marissa. Yeah,
0: yeah, but you know what? Incinerate does does a lot for me anyway. I'm I'm fine with that.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Also tells him that Russell left, um, and Man Thing's like, "Well, well," and th- 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 doesn't he say like, "Okay," <laughs> kind of thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the fact that he came back to kill yeah. her um purely because he's looking for, for
0: but, but no but he's that makes sense because he's been locked up by varusa yeah. Right? yeah so so man thinks getting his revenge which i think is nice
1: oh yeah that's true i just but, thought yeah. about
0: that now i'm such a genius
1: <laughs> but i feel like it's not played for him getting revenge it's played for him just sort of being in the but it would make sense though right like, like he's
0: being captured by Verosa. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I feel like his character, as implied so far in the film, like, he's just not really a vengeful creature. He seems to be the kind of guy that's just like, oh, hey, uh, you're in the way of this girl, and I want to ask her a question, so I'm going to murder yeah. you, and I'm going to ask her the question.
0: Look, I think if you're a murderer, I don't think you have any boundaries or rules.
1: <laughs>
0: you're just going to murder anybody.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: um. Okay, and then... Asa then sits down in her chair, holding the bloodstone... In the morning, Russell wakes up in human form to the sound of over the rain. That's not how you sing it. How do you sing it? Over the rainbow.
1: Well, we didn't actually talk about the fact that um, when she sits down, like one, the butler is quite funny. Like he's funny every time. He's yeah, he down-noses her
0: to the max because he's just going to die.
1: <laughs> yeah, but no, he's just kind of funny every time you see him. He's got this whole little weak thing yeah. going on. But, Submissive. But, um... When she sits down, like the colour, colour yep, the comes, colour comes it, in. Yeah. It, that, is a, that is a what throwback to a couple of things. it has to be Ooh. over the rainbow. It has to be Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz yeah. right? Well
0: that song's not in yeah. Wizard of Oz, but yeah, I, I know what you mean.
1: <laughs> Isn't that song in Wizard of Oz? Somewhere over the rainbow? Oh. Surely. Yeah, no, maybe you're right. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I think the colour coming back is like a scene in Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I mean, weirdly enough, I thought of Schindler's List. It can't be Schindler's List. Whoa. Right.
0: Okay, I don't think they show <laughs> colour at all in that.
1: Oh, in the end, doesn't it like turn colour when the the graves, the people are at the graves? I don't know. Like, At his grave? I sort of okay.
0: actively um, deleted that
1: memory in my mind
0: of that uh, movie. That movie was just downright depressing. <laughs> I never want to watch it again. Very
1: very stylistic the way the color comes back and then the whole film is in color i, I feel like, like there's I a lot like of films that. that do that as well you know
0: black and white coming back into color but yes you're right wizard of oz does that famously and then did sin city do that uh sin city had splashes like accents of colors yeah, yeah
1: but not it never. Actually i don't know if it was color.
0: full color. i don't know i can't remember sin city either <laughs>
1: But, like, I did enjoy, like, this last interaction between Russell and um, Man-Thing. Yep. It's really cool. I like, love it. It's really, really nice. Like, yeah, Man-Thing's playing solitaire. They're drinking coffee. And he's just like, oh, yeah, is she, she, she okay? Oh, yeah, that's good. And he's he's, he's drinking. Like, Let's go get sushi. He's,
0: okay, so for all the coffee nerds, I'm a coffee
1: nerd. Um,
0: he's drinking a plunger, which is, uh, you see the plunger in the background? You
1: didn't see that? I saw that, I saw that but I don't know the, uh, what is the key thing here with the plunger? Oh. it's just a plunger oh okay yeah cool yeah i just thought it was cool i mean (laughs) it would have
0: been more impressive if they had a pour over or something or an aeropress, like in the background
1: i would like the idea that man thing is like super fancy yeah yeah i mean he seems fancy he's playing
0: cards playing solitaire particularly so Mm. i mean he could have been playing chess right like something like that it would have been quite funny and kooky by
1: himself though
0: yeah because he's the man thing gosh (laughs) <laughs> um so yeah to the sound of over the rainbow playing on a phonograph i don't know what a phonograph is but it sounds like a very very old instrument yeah that big um oh like the, rich, the very uh, first the turntable plan. ever kind of thing
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that think. <laughs>
0: and then he finds man thing playing solitaire and sits with him to drink coffee the camera pans up into the sky and there's a lovely calligraphy of the end just like all the classic 1930s films um Uh, great movie i love it i enjoyed it great recap i enjoyed it more probably even going through the recap um i'm gonna score it uh should i score first yeah let me score first
1: yeah score it i always go first
0: true so let me score it yeah Yeah. i'm gonna give it a solid nine out of ten
1: Ah, uh, you know what? Okay, so I was going to do the exact same thing, and sadly, it was because of the Rotten Tomato score that you said earlier. I'm like, I don't want to go against all those people. I want to give it a nine. Are you going to give it a nine? <laughs> I want to give it a nine. I loved it. Like, it was. The fact that they fit in like three twists in that hour. Uh they fit three twists in an hour. It like just it set itself up as a different type of film and like like constantly subverted my expectations. I really enjoyed that. And it's just a fun adventure. I thought it was gonna be super serious. It kind of is, but it really isn't.
0: It's great. It's it's fun. I think everybody should watch it. Everyone have a great time. There's 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 a good enough story for what they accomplish or for what they attempt to do. I should say not accomplish, but there's a good enough story for what they attempt to do. They execute with flying colours, they land the characters well enough for you to just care just a little bit. You are not overly care about because this film is a horror film at the end of the day, but it's a classic horror film. And I just think they've done a great job. And I want to see Michael Giacchino do more. I want to see what else he can do. Like show me that you can direct a Marvel film, like a classic, you know, superhero film. Show me that you can do that.
1: I'll be I wouldn't be surprised if he kills it, if he nails it. Yeah, I can see that. He I, I, did a great job here, like very stylish. I kind of like, I'm a sucker for like stylish visuals. So you can just do a ton of that and I'll, I'll forgive a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the same
0: too. I think a lot of, uh, most people would, would agree with that statement is that if it's stylis- uh, stylistic enough, if there's enough cool imagery, um, great use of camera work and great use of visual effects, I think a lot of people can forgive many things that might be a weakness to a film. Mm. Yeah. Ah, Thanks for doing this with, with us, with me, with us.
1: Yeah, no, cool. It's fun, man. Always fun. Great, uh, great. Mo- is it a movie? Great TV special. It's a
0: TV special. It's kind of a short film. You know, short films are generally like 45 minutes, I suppose. This is uh, 53 minutes. I
1: yeah, I no. yeah. had a good time with it. Like, thanks for recommending it, man. Like, I wasn't, honestly, was not going to watch it. If I didn't do this, I wasn't going to watch it. And I appreciate the fact that I did. Let's
0: go. And that's what we do. Um... <laughs> You know what? Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for, um, for the continued listeners. Wait, did I actually make sense of that? No. Let's start again. Thank you to all the regular listeners who <laughs> are coming back to the legit cool podcast. We review, we recap, we talk a lot, and we might even talk a lot of shit as well. Um, but gen- generally, 99% of the time, we talk a lot about the films that we are reviewing. Um, it's because we love them. We really, really love them. Um, when are we going to see you back on the podcast, Tony?
1: Man, whenever you call me, I don't know. I have no idea what your schedule is like.
0: Um, maybe what let's review. Oh, the the Lord of the Rings trilogy. How about
1: that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I Black mean, there's a bunch.
0: There's a bunch of other films that I probably want to ask you
1: about. I'm doing I'm doing Black Panther two, aren't I? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Wakanda yeah. forever whenever that comes out i have no idea like clearly i don't comes out
0: <laughs> two and a half weeks actually
1: damn i cannot believe the tickets are being sold that i mean i get it but at the same time i don't
0: it's the hype train man it's the marvel hype train you can't stop mm. us
1: you can't I, stop I, us now cuz like yeah i haven't seen i didn't watch uh, dr strange 2 what was the last one i watched um yeah thor thor and then the one before that was end game maybe oh 2019 yeah. damn i haven't seen a lot of marvel stuff mm. you got a lot of
0: catching up to do hey and thanks man i appreciate you I appreciate your time tell your awesome girlfriend um thank you so much for giving up your time <laughs>
1: so much, time. So, so much, much time. time so much time but it's <laughs> gonna pay off
0: we're gonna make you famous don't worry <laughs> all right all right um we'll catch you soon and um thank you listeners we will catch you guys soon too Make sure you check out our social media handles. It's all on the show notes. Click us, click us a follow. I just made up a new sentence. Click us a follow. Um, you can't comment anywhere unless you comment on our Instagram posts. Um, and continue to follow the channel. We really, really appreciate you. Um, bye, Tony, and, uh, bye everyone else.